Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. Welcome back, friends. Yeah. Season four. Wow. It feels so good to be back. Oh, man. What a what a ride it's been, you know, but it really is awesome to finally get back in the saddle. And we have some really amazing people we've been talking to already. And it's just going to be a great season. It is. To kick off season four right, we have invited back our good friend and powerhouse speaker, Lisa Bevere, to join Woo-hoo. us again today. And we cannot wait for you to hear this powerful conversation. Yeah, if you're not aware, if you've been living under a rock, Lisa is a New York Times bestselling author, and she's the co-founder of Messenger International with her husband, John. She's the mom of four boys, and she's a spiritual mom to countless women literally across the country, which is what we're actually going to be talking about today with Lisa. You know, she's known for her ability and her passion to come alongside and really, she's a fighter, man, fiercely fight for other women in her life and those who look up to her from a distance. Today, Lisa's going to take some time and unpack really the importance of what it means to have a spiritual mentor or spiritual mother and father in your life and why we need those types of people around us every single day. You are the gatekeeper of your life. You have the right to focus on the right things. Do not allow other people to derail your focus. Today, Lisa unpacks why we all need an older, wiser friend we can go to and learn from. Someone stronger than us who will partner with us through life's hardest times. It was so good. Yeah, I think it's so important that we hear the idea and the message that we all need someone who's maybe walked a few steps ahead of us and has walked through some of the things that we're maybe in the midst of right now. So this is what she's talking about. Some real great practical stuff. I really enjoyed this conversation. So, so good to have Lisa back. Absolutely. Again, thank you so much for being here. We are really excited about this brand new season, and we've got some exciting updates that we'll be sharing over the following weeks. But guys, let's jump in and have this amazing conversation with Lisa Bevere. All right, Miss Lisa, welcome back to the show. We're so glad you're here. I was super excited that I got to be with you two on my launch day. It was amazing for me. Yeah. Oh, we're so glad to have you back with us. And you've got a brand new book coming out today. We're so thrilled to jump into it. Thank you so much for putting this message out into the world. Honestly, it was telling Chris, I can't think of a better person to carry this torch than you. And we're talking today about the lost practice of becoming and having a spiritual mother and father. Um, So tell us what's so important about this and why do we need a spiritual mother or father? Well, first and foremost, why it's important is we don't want to see another generation struggle with the same things that we've already conquered. I love that each and every generation has an opportunity to learn things, but why should you and Chris have to learn things the hard way that John and I have already made the mistakes in and said, oops, that doesn't work. Let's find out the way it does work. You're going to have your own challenges. Oh my goodness, five kids in COVID. You guys are (laughs) heroes right there. But our large lives require intimate connections. And an intimate connection is not likes on social media. It is not commenting on Facebook. It is having people in our world 
whatever that world looks like, whether it's what we read or what we have uh, audio in our audio ears and our books that tell us how to grow. And we need people that are going to come alongside of us and be willing to help us course correct and change this separation that is in our life. We all have gaps, which is basically the the distance between the way things are and the way they should be, the way our marriage is and the way it could be or should be, the way our parenting is and the way it could or should be, the way our spiritual disciplines are and the way they could be. So we all have these gaps, but these gaps do not close in isolation. These gaps close when we come alongside of other people who are saying, listen, I want to help you in that area. And, but you need somebody who gives you permission to grow. And the word gap means a breach or a break in a wall or hedge of protection that leaves both sides in an assailable position. And we have older women who are at risk of everything they've learned the hard way, not getting passed on. And they think the young women don't want anything to do with them. But Jenny, you and I have talked that that's just not true. The younger women want to hear from the older women, but they think the older women can't be bothered. And so I found it incredibly enlightening that who reads my books are the people that I could have birthed 24 (laughs) to 35 years of age. That means they're looking for a mom. They're not looking for someone to be cool. They're looking for somebody who will bless and believe in them. And that is what godmothers do. Absolutely. I I love that you hit on that because I wanted to ask you to kind of unpack the difference between a mentor and a spiritual mom like you're talking about. There's a big difference. Can you unpack that a little bit more? Yes. Well, so in my experience, mentors tend to reproduce themselves. When I had children, I didn't say, oh, God, I want Addison to be just like me. I was like, no, 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 no. I want Addison to go further. I want Addison to have a larger life. I want him to do it better. And mothers tend to want more for their children than they ever experienced themselves. Mothers will lay down life to bring forth life. Whereas mentors, I mean, mentors are great, but it's more of a professional thing. Right. Mothering is a relational thing. Mm-hmm. Mothering is, is when I'm going to say, you know what? Life is messy and I'm going to get in your mess with you. And I'm going to help you understand that this messy season right now, how you handle it is going to position you for a glorious next season. Yeah. You know, you said something that was pretty, talked about this idea of giving permission, you know, like giving someone the permission. I think sometimes people are just waiting for someone to give them permission to grow, to learn, to step past their fears and all that or whatever. And I think people are just paralyzed by that. And sometimes these these people, these fathers and mothers, spiritual fathers and mothers just need to say, hey, you can do this. And here's some permission. I think that's such a powerful point. Well, you know, I had this instance happen that was very eye-opening for me. I happened to be given a facial, which, you know, I think someone just looked at me and was like, girlfriend, you've been sleeping in your makeup for a year. I'm going to give you a facial. It was actually a guy and he was like, my wife signed me up for this. I really don't want people doing my face. So how about you do this? I'm like, I will take it. And I was in the waiting room and this beautiful young girl comes in and she goes to this window. There was two other women, you know, in, in spas, you've got you got women in robes, 
without bras, where they're kind of like, you need to back away. I don't know you. So she backs away from the window and the girl turns around, sees me and starts crying. And I'm thinking, oh no, how do I know her? You know what? Is this an ex ex-girlfriend or one of my, I'm trying to like in my brain figure out why is she crying? And she opens up her arm and within the fold of her arm, she has my book without rival. And I stand up, I give her a hug. She begins to just tell me all of these new beginnings that she's having in her life. She's newly married, new city, new job, new church, new friends. And it was so obvious to me, Chris and Jenny, that she loved God and that she wanted to honor him with every portion of her life and every step that she made. But this beautiful desire to honor God was being pounced on by the enemy. You know, you hear about fight or flight. Well, there's a third. It's called frozen. Mm -hmm. And that's why a generation needs permission to move. Even if they make a mistake, it's a lesson. Mm -hmm. God redeems our mistakes. You know, but if you don't move, you don't ever discover, well, that's not the right way. So anyway, she said, I'm afraid to miss God. And I, I talked to her, I prayed with her, and I told her the enemy is using this desire to not miss God against you. But I said, God's not trying to trick you. He's a good leader. You can follow him. You can trust him. But when you are frozen, you know, his mercy and grace follows us. Now, he's by you, but you need to move so there's something in your wake. And if you are moving and you're going the wrong way, you're going to hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk you in it. But you can't steer a car that is not moving. So I went back into my room and I thought about how many times over the course of being in the ministry for 30 years, John and I have heard that. And I was just pondering it. And I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell them that I am a really big target. He said, where can they not reach and not touch something that speaks of me? Where can they not look and not see my wonder? You know, David talks about this beautiful dynamic in Psalm 139. I I love what it says in verses five and six. He said, this is David, Old Testament, before being born again, you hem me in. That means surround you. You hem me in behind and before. And then then it's just so beautiful. It's not just around. It says, and lay your hand upon me. See, when God puts his hand on somebody, that's a hand of direction. That's a hand of blessing. That's a hand of anointing. That's a hand of affirmation. And then he goes on. David says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. When he's saying, I cannot attain it, he wasn't saying, I can't earn it. He was saying, it's blowing my mind that God is so intimate and that his hand is on me. The message paraphrase says, I look behind me, you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. But so many of us, we had fathers, maybe natural fathers or maybe religious, spiritual fathers that crossed their arms on the sideline watching for us to make a mistake. But that is not what God is doing. We not only have a father who is watching, not for our failure, 
but for us to move forward with courage and strength. But we have a cloud of witnesses saying, come on, it's worth it. Run well, just begin to move forward. But the enemy is trying to freeze us. And so we need to, we need to be people who understand. And then people pray or people have a desire in their heart and they think, I don't know if this is God. I don't know if this is me. I don't know if it's the enemy. And so they, they, they can't stand in faith. What does James say? When we ask, we can't be double-minded. I'm telling you, sometimes I'm like five-minded. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> these are just the two I could say, but there's three and four and five and so many. Right now in this world, in this world, we got to believe that God's hand is on us, that he is behind us, that he is before us, that there's nowhere we can go to flee from his presence, that his spirit is always with us, and that the number one way we will miss is if we don't aim, if we don't move. Because even if I make a mistake, God redeems it. And it's not that any of us want to make mistakes, but this is what I love about the promise of God. When the righteous fall, they get up. So I'd rather move and trip and fall or say, oops, that's just one way that's not going to work, than not move at all. Absolutely. That's so good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just so important. You know, I think, I hope people didn't miss that piece right there. I just want to sit on it for a second. Fight or flight, we've always heard. But this third thing, frozen, I think there's so many people listening right now that are like, that is me. I have been frozen. So there's another F word that you talk about in the word and the book. Not a bad F word. You know, we're going <laughs> to... Make sure you clarify that. It's going to uh, make you sound you, naughty. You talk about it as a superpower um, for yeah. those who are stepping yeah. into this fathering, mothering, and it's focus and how yes. if someone has focus, uh, yeah. God can really do some big things there. So will you take a second and unpack that for us? Yeah. Well, I wonder if anybody has ever lived in a season where there was so much distraction, the very things that (laughs) undermine our focus. And so what I have found is that Jesus, it doesn't say, look at Instagram and figure out how other people are doing it. He doesn't say, even read books. He just says, focus on me. I love Hebrews 12 too. This is, and I'm going to read it from the message, but you can go to the other ones. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's who we keep our eyes on. We keep our eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. So another version says he is the author and the finisher or the initiator and the completer. Study how he did it. That's how we study. And and Paul even said to Timothy, you follow me as I follow Jesus. And so we need to find the people whose focus is Jesus, and we need to focus on Jesus. It said, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarated finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever, and now he is there in the place of honor right alongside God. Focus gives us direction, and it redirects our energy and the gift towards the goal. What is our goal to know Jesus, to become more like Jesus, that when we see him, we will know him the way he knows us, that there would be this incredible transformation where we are pursuing him and we are lifting him up and he is drawing people. But right now people are making themselves the focus or there's just so much distraction to focus on, whether it's the division, whether it's, you know, you need to pay attention to this or it's 
parties, you know, political parties, whatever. It's all fighting for our focus. And um, as a boy mom, you know, I, I very rarely got to watch any female movies. And I remember watching Man of Steel with my with my boys and literally beginning to cry when there was the scene where Superman, he's a little boy, he's in a classroom when all of a sudden his superpowers start kicking in and he can hear the clock ticking and he not only sees people, he sees through people and he can, he's just overloaded by all this sensory stimulation. Well, we don't need superpowers right now to know that we are all overstimulated and Superman, little Superman boy runs into a closet. He won't come out and his mother, she shows up and he says, mom, the world is too big. And she said, then make it smaller. And I want to say to everybody that is listening to this podcast, you are the gatekeeper of your life. You have the right to focus on the right things. Do not allow other people to derail your focus. You can say, all right, the people in front of me, the people I can touch, those are the ones who deserve my focus. They deserve my face-to-face. It's your children. It's your husband. It's your creator. These are the things that deserve your focus. And then outside of that, we have transformational relationships. We have people in our world that are iron sharpening iron relationship. These are the people that are committed to our growth. They are also people that deserve our focus, but random strangers on social media should not have more of your time or focus than your family. And I, I just think right now we are, we are allowing the enemy to derail us. And, you know, we, we have essential things and we have non-essential things. And, I think that we fight about the non-essentials to the neglect of the essentials. And so, you know, I went through my entire book and just said, essential is that Christ is preached. A non-essential is the gender of the person that is preaching. Now, there's, of course, people that will say, no, women have to go home and be quiet. But I, they're not going to listen to me anyway. <laughs> An essential issue is who we worship. A non-essential issue is how we worship. And so I try to go through this so that we can direct our focus on the things that God values. We're never going to come into the unity of doctrine, but we will come to a unity of faith. And Jesus is the one who makes us one when we focus on the right things. And so, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like it's time to to recalibrate our focus. Absolutely. I agree. So we understand how rich these relationships are. We want them. We need them. Um, Let's talk about practically how we make this work, right? So I think one of the things that stops people from reaching out is feeling inadequate, right? Feeling like, who am I? I have nothing to offer. What encouragement would you give them in that pursuit? Yeah. Well, and first and foremost, I think everybody thinks they have to have everything to You don't have to have everything to offer. You could just offer one thing that that person doesn't have. So what I need to do is say, all right, what is something that I can add to somebody's life? Like you and I, Jenny, we we love each other. Uh, We talked for a long time after our last um, podcast. 
but I can talk to you and say, oh man, I see the hand of God on Jenny's life. She's got five kids. Man, I remember that. What can I add as a layer of strength to her life? I don't have to know everything. I just need to know something that can add something God breathe to your life. And so I think we all need many other women. Uh, I remember distinctly uh, a moment in my life where I was really mad at John. I, I know that you guys never get mad at each other, but no. I, was mad, no. I, I was mad at my husband. And I called somebody that I knew would give me sympathy, but she didn't give me wisdom. And I was listening and I found myself getting madder at my husband not, not, it wasn't moving me to a place of reconciliation or godliness. I was like, yeah, oh man, oh man, do this, oh man, do that. And it was like, I was listening to her with one ear and I was hearing the Holy Spirit speaking into my other ear. And he said, do not, do not ask this person for advice unless you want to go where they are. Mm. And I thought, yeah, I, that's not, that's not what I want. And I thought, I want somebody that has the kind of marriage that I am dreaming of. I don't want somebody who's going to criticize alongside of me. So I called a much older woman and I said, here's what's going on in my life and I need help. And she spoke wisdom. She spoke life. She spoke strength. And you know what? That woman had been married three times. She had gone through two very broken marriages and then got saved and was married to her third husband, I want to say for 35 years. And so I knew that she had gone through some stuff. I didn't want somebody who had had an easy thing. I wanted somebody that had learned how to redeem their mistakes and grow in love. And so I want that for the younger women. John and I have been married for 38 years in October. 38 years of mistakes, 38 years of amazing times together. I looked at my husband uh, during COVID and I said, well, this is the most time we've ever spent together in our entire life because of him traveling with ministry and stuff. And I just said, I sure like you a lot. I said, this has been so much fun. But 10 years ago, if I had been trapped with John 10 years ago, <laughs> I, I loved him. I was committed to him, but I didn't like him. I would have been trying to find ways to hide from him. I, I just, I have to be honest. We, I love my husband more now than I did the day I married him. But I have learned that you can grow in grace. And there's too many married couples that are isolated and alone and wrestling with problems with peers when they need godparents. That's so good. Yeah, I would imagine that this pandemic has, you know, whatever was already there just took a magnifying glass when it comes to marriages and relationships, you know. So, okay, well, let's talk about this idea of finding a God mother or God father. I'm thinking to myself, do I walk into a Starbucks? I see a guy in line and just go, Dad, is that you? Are you my spirit? Like, security, security. Yeah, it it, that that could be that could go weird. That yeah, could go weird. you think? Uh, okay, not so that's not, no. it's not so. Yeah. So how does one well, properly go about finding a godmother or godfather? Well, I only wrote to women, but I do think it. I do think it crosses over. First and foremost, I I kind of hinted to it. We want to look if 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 I'm a goddaughter, how I find that godmother is I find that woman 
who is ahead of me on the path, who is already where I want to go. She's already where I want to go, perhaps as a parent or in her marriage or in singleness or in her career or in ministry or in authoring books. I, I go to her and I say, I love what you're doing. I want to honor with a life you have built. Will you pour into me? And she might say, Heck no, I'm not pouring into you, Lisa Bevere. You're a waste of my time. So then maybe I find somebody else and I go to that person. This is, I understand this is, this is being vulnerable, but I think it's going to need to happen because if we don't, we're going to have a generation of older women that are going to just, they're just going to die and they're going to take all of that treasure with them and it's never going to be imparted or Let's say I go to this older woman and I say, I want to see how you do life. I don't want to be disruptive. I don't want to be a burden. You don't have to do a 13-week study with me. Could we get together every once in a while? And she says, hey, I love to work in my yard. Why don't you come and work with me in the yard? Hallelujah. It is organic. It shouldn't be weird. It shouldn't be forced. It shouldn't be uncomfortable. So that would be a goddaughter reaching out to a godmother. I will say I've had young women reach out to me and they'll say, can we go to coffee? I, I did it during COVID. Just going to, uh, you know, we, it was before we had to wear masks mandatory. This is a safe place. And, this is a safe place. <laughs> this is a know? safe place. And this young girl happened to be in town and she is this beautiful young woman from, I think it's from Abilene or someplace like that, or Odessa, Texas, somewhere desolate in Texas. And she's here in Colorado. And she said, would you ever meet with me for coffee? And I said, yeah, I can tomorrow, 8 a.m. I, I, I said, I, you know, I can't give up the rest. I, she was there and I sat down with her and this is what I said to her. I said, how can I serve you? I'm not going to tell her what I think. I'm going to ask her, how can I serve you? Now, she may say, I want you to do A, B, and C. And I might say, mm, I'm willing to do A and B, but I can't do C. That's, I have a choice. Mm -hmm. But that's what a godmother will do. She doesn't say, this is how I'll serve you. Mm -hmm. She says, how can I serve you? I need to figure out how to build my life. I don't know what the next step with God is, you know, and, and, and I would say, I really think we make this really complicated when we're like, God, what am I called to do? He's like, I, I've called you to love your neighbor as yourself. I've called you to love others. I've called you to love your husband. I've called you to love your children. I've called you to do good. I've, I mean, there's like so many starting places. And as we begin to do those things, things unfold. Now, if I'm a godmother and I think, man, I've got all this treasury in my life, how can I find a goddaughter? Well, I've learned. They're hiding in the open. They're in the grocery store. They're in Starbucks. They, you know, now it's hard because I got masks on, but they're in Target. <laughs> and, and yes. you can, <laughs> What'd you say? I can't say it louder. See, I can't hear you. I said, this makes it harder. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to be my goddaughter? <laughs> Did you just cuss at me? I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, is, it is confusing. Uh -huh. But I am going to say for all of my children's upbringing, we would go to Whole Foods and my boys would say, today we are not making anybody cry. We are not making eye contact with people. There will be no prayer. We are walking in. We are grabbing the yogurt and we are leaving. But what happens is when you have the heart to bless and the heart to speak life, you just do it everywhere you go. And so I just think it starts organically. You can open up your home and say, hey, I'm going to do a cooking class 
on pesto. Who wants to come? Of course, some of these things may not work in your COVID world, but um, you know, every state's different. But you open up your life and your world, and you just begin to pour out. And you don't tell people, "Hey, you need me." Like you're a mess. You you don't do that. <laughs> you, you come up alongside of them and you speak life over them. And I have just found that young people are so receptive. You know, I, um, especially nowadays, I am super intentional to make eye contact since it's basically all I can uh, make with people and say kind things. Say things like, you look like you're such an amazing mom or, you know, I'm so proud of you. I know this isn't an easy season or you look beautiful or, you know, I, I love the way you just navigated that situation. People need encouragement. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. A lot of people have gotten super mean. I mean, during isolation, people get grumpy or they get good. There's just no middle ground. We or have they a get lot fat. of people. <laughs> they get fat in the well, middle of it. And that, and that could be why they're grumpy. Yeah, I don't it's know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> COVID-15. Here we go. Hallelujah. I feel like I just lost my COVID-7. <laughs> it takes a while. Yeah. yeah. All right. So well, great. so good. We're so excited for this book. I know so many, everybody's going to go out and snag it. But before we roll out, we like to ask three questions. Now, we asked you last time, so we're going to change it up a, a little. Slight little, little mix up. in the equation. So, okay. one of the questions is you know, it's usually what's a book that changed your life, but what's a book you're loving right now? Okay, so you're going to laugh at me, but I am rereading The Chronicles of Narnia. I love it. Yeah. So, so I, I just finished horse and this boy and i'm in prince caspian which isn't my favorite one but i like it mm-hmm. horse and his and, boy that's my favorite yeah so i good. love that one it's my a favorite. character one okay see a lot of people don't like that one to me the chronicles of narnia i probably read it once every other year mm-hmm. to me it has so many life lessons that bring you back to the purity of a childlike heart. I just got done reading a bunch of Russian literature, uh, The Idiot, which was Dolchevsky. So I kind of felt like I needed to do C.S. Lewis. Yes, something opposite. And I love the audio versions of those. If you've ever done that, the narrator is wonderful. So those are- We had those for our boys. Our boys used to go to sleep to those. So Now my kids do. Mm -hmm. Yes, love it. Okay, and then what's a habit that's changing your life right now? I'm pretty unruly. Um, <laughs> Amen. I'm in. I'm in. Kindred spirit here. Uh, like, a habit needs to be something you do regularly, right? Uh, Maybe two days in a what? row. <laughs> I've been doing a lot in our yard and in the garden. And I, I will say weeding and tending things has been um, a beautiful meditative practice for me. And so that would be my habit. That's nice. great. I like it. All right. And we usually ask, what advice would you give to the younger you? You answered that last time. What advice would you give to the younger John and Lisa? Oh, my gosh. You were sitting uh, in front of those two youngsters. What would you say? I would say, you all are two freaks. You need to <laughs> stop comparing your marriage to everybody else. God has a unique call on your life. Stop trying to change each other. There is this beautiful synergy when both of you are free to be who God created you to be. So just get ready for a wild adventure because y'all are not normal. That is what I would say to us. (laughs) 
That's good advice. That is so good. I love it. Well, um, we have loved having you on. Where can people find you, follow you, look you up, get the book, all the great stuff? So they can get the book wherever books are sold. Sadly, I think some of it is out, but maybe by the time this hits, it will be back in. So they can get it out Amazon. They can get it Barnes and Nobles, Books A Million. But um, yeah, so Godmothers is all those places. Best way to connect with me is there are those conversations with John and Lisa podcast, and then there's the Godmother podcast. And then there's Instagram where I find people to be nicer than Facebook and Twitter. So <laughs> I like Instagram and it's just Lisa Bevere. If it doesn't have a blue check by it, they're gonna ask you for money. Don't follow that one. <laughs> well, oh. we'll link to all of that in the show notes. That's fun. We'll link know. to the ones that don't To the ask, real ones, yeah, to the official pages. Yes, you're welcome. Lisa, you're a hero. Thanks for doing what you're doing. Really, really appreciate your time. Yeah, we'll stay, we'll stay in touch. You guys are in my heart. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Okay, love you guys. Right, love you. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. The thing is so great about Lisa is like, you know, her book's strong, brave, yeah. you know. It's just like, <laughs> she's a fighter. This girl is a fighter, man. And I love that now she's fighting for our future and for mentors in our lives. Just such a great conversation. Absolutely. Guys, we hope this episode blessed you as much as it did us. As always, we'll have all the links mentioned in today's episode over in our show notes at our website, letsliveitwell.com. And we would love to hear from you. You can find us and follow us on all the social platforms, Facebook, Instagram. We would love to hear what's going on in your life and stay up to date with all things at Live It Well. All right, guys. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. We're going to close it out like we do every single week. It's great to be back for a season and it's great to be saying this again. So let's all say it together. Remember, you only get one life. Live, Live it, it well. well.